Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got spoiler commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. I'm Ryan Lambert from Elite Prospects. I am Sean McIndoe from The Athletic. And folks, I got to start out with a heartfelt apology. A couple of weeks ago, here's me. Uh, if you don't like uh, the animated board ads, it's because you're dumb and I'm really smart. And it's because you have the brain of a child and I have the brain of a full-grown man. And then what I had not fa- what I had failed to consider, I guess. And I should have seen this coming, is that the NHL does not have this technology nailed down at all. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, you know, uh, like PlayStation 2 level graphics of guys clipping through the Panago pizza ads and and just being swallowed by, uh, you know, dog food commercial or whatever. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it sucks. Yeah. First of all, can I just say you do a bang on impression of yourself? Like mm-hmm. that is, yeah. Well, you know, I was confused. I'm like, is he dropping in a clip from previous <laughs> time? I haven't really seen this yet. Is this like, is it specific channels? Is it? I mean, I would assume you know, I, I the same for everyone. I've seen it. I've seen it happen on a few different feeds. It's not. It's not <laughs> again. It's not as bad as people are making it out to be. But when it's bad, it's insanely bad. Okay. You know. And so you just end up with a situation where you're saying, oh, uh, you know, like the worst fears are being realized, even if it's not like this, like epidemic of like, you know, Domino's ad totally just swallowed up Elias Patterson or whatever. Every single shift, it happens just often enough that you're like. Yeah, they they needed to spend more time in the lab on this one. I you know I don't okay. know what to tell you. Yeah, I I've I, I have not been bothered by it all that much. I've seen a couple of clips. Like uh, there was the the one clip where there was this like giant animated puck flew yeah, by on the train. I saw. I see. I didn't see that except on Twitter. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and I was like, yeah, that's just a thing of they got a do a better job of saying what does and doesn't work. Cause like, you know, if you're just flashing like $5 meal deal or whatever, yeah, that's one thing that's not, I, you know, I think that's totally fine. Like I said, I compared it to, uh, to watching a soccer game and they're like, Oh, you know, uh, bet on this game if you want to, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that, that wouldn't be so bad, but yeah, when, when there are pucks flying in the opposite direction that the play is going and stuff like that, like you can't have that. That's, that's like basic shit too. That that's again, something that I would have thought the NHL would be like, Hey, do me a favor and don't have like guys playing hockey on the boards behind them. And they're like, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, no, or or we should have thought of that. Or just saying like we're not going to animate these. Like that right. feels like pretty basic. I mean, yeah. So, uh they haven't bothered me that much, but I have heard from a bunch of people on Twitter and comment sections and that sort of thing who are like this is ruining the game for me. This Again, is- I think that's overstated. 
like it's not like ruining the game. Like there's but, a confirmation bias that kicks in. Like once you decide sure. you hate this, you will see the problems everywhere. And if you're like me and you're still like, that ah, seems fine. Now, I, I should point out that part of the reason it seems fine to me is I no longer have the attention span to just sit and watch a game without another, at least one other screen or something distracting me. And then I look up sure. when things happen. So uh, maybe maybe somebody who actually does watch the games uh, would, would get a little more credibility on this issue but it doesn't bother me yet but i'm sure at some point something will bother me and then i'll see that thing forever yeah no for sure it's it's the same thing about like again people are like oh it says milk on the maple leaf shirt that's ruining the game for me like relax please but at the same time like there again it's not as bad as it could be where guy again guys are like clipping through the board on every fucking play or whatever but again it's just often enough where it's like yeah they did not think this through and of course they they didn't it's the nhl they did think it through because they've been testing this thing for years it's it's clearly what just happened is they were like this is good enough let's start making some right yeah i i right i guess what i mean is like the technology isn't where they want it to be or whatever um, where, where it's a totally seamless thing. And the difference is in soccer, like those aren't digitally projected. They are basically like big TVs behind mm-hmm. the play that are showing it. And that's, you know, uh, and I do think like technologically different. It is. And it, and it also is like in soccer, it's right there. You can't avoid it, but it's not on the playing surface. Yeah. Right. Which the boards are playing service. So I do get why people would, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I certainly know that I've heard from enough people that there is a, a non-zero contingent out there that seems sincerely bothered by this. That frankly, I haven't really heard on the Jersey ads and that sort of like, I saw a little bit, but you know, I haven't seen anybody be like, I'm not going to watch anymore. Right. Whereas I have, had people say they well look people people will say they're not going to watch anymore because uh you know they don't have fighting in the game or the nhl is too woke now or whatever and that's all bullshit right like that's just that's just fake stuff of course these people are going to keep going to fucking games and watching them and all that Mm -hmm. shit but it's to be fair to those people saying i'm not going to watch this anymore i'm not going to spend money on it anymore is the only cudgel you have again like you know vote with your dollar or whatever against these like monolithic entities, corporations, whatever you want to say. And, and I do think so like a, I get why there is a say difference that, between saying like I'm not gonna watch anymore because there's no fighting versus saying I'm not gonna watch anymore because I don't enjoy the viewing experience because of the ads or uh, the other thing a lot of people continue to complain about is the onslaught of gambling uh ads and information and like everything yeah. just forced in. I I can't see people not watching over that when uh when they they probably wouldn't over quality of the game. Issue. I will say I am not watching uh like between period stuff as much because they are going like Austin Matthews is a half a goal away from, you know, yeah. his over under for the night and it's just like shut the fuck up. I don't fucking care about this. Like I I really wonder what like what segment of the audience is like dialed in with that shit you know is like oh i got i gotta know 
that that uh, that the predators are minus two twenty going into this game or whatever the fuck. Like, what percentage of people well, are no, like? I mean, you it's, know what? this is this, this is, is useful not being done for me. because anyone thinks it's useful for the audience. There are okay. They are doing it because it is useful to the bottom line and sure. relatedly will be harmful to a non-zero chunk of the audience in a way that makes money for everyone other than those people. Sure. Which is why it yeah. sucks. Can't disagree with you there. All right. Let's uh that went on longer than I expected. <laughs> but anyway, uh let's uh let's talk about there are five undefeated teams left in the National Hockey League. Uh, as of as of Wednesday morning, can you name them? Uh, yes, because I am looking at it right now. Okay, Sorry. well, it's uh, not. I I, I kind of blew that. Now, that's okay. first of all. Hold on. Uh, when we say undefeated, this haven't being lost. the NHL, we have to clarify: Are we saying like they haven't lost, or are we saying they haven't lost in regulation? They haven't lost. Period. Oh, good. Okay. Uh yes. Let's go down. All right. Well, list. if you're looking at it, Calgary, uh, Dallas, Carolina, Philadelphia, uh-huh. and St. Louis. But we're not going to talk about St. Louis. They played a game. So, uh, you know, they beat the shit out of the Blue Jackets. St. Louis has played one game. Nashville has played five games. Yeah. <laughs> the season is basically a week old. I love the NHL schedule. It's so fucking funny. You couldn't make it up. It's like, you know, people were complaining about there's a day off on Sunday. Why Why doesn't anybody playing on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Perfectly reasonable fucking question, first of all. Yeah. But, but second of all, it's like, not only is nobody playing, but also like one team has played one game only. And they and they wouldn't be playing, the, I what did they play Saturday night and now they're not playing, they play tonight, Wednesday night, so... How's that work? Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Very very strange. So anyway, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about St. Louis in this discussion because like it barely counts. Be, and especially because they beat Columbus. If they beat if they beat like Florida or or Toronto, well, a lot of teams are beating Toronto these days, I guess. Hey. But if they beat like an actual good team, that would be one thing. They beat yeah. the Columbus Blue Jackets. And also, stink out loud. Blues fans are notoriously chill about their team. Yeah, they they have a very normal reaction to everything that happens. Yeah. If you like uh, casually mention Joe Thornton, like just sit down. You're gonna <laughs> oh, get a lecture. On. Did you see this hit from 2012? Oh okay. lord. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not lying on that one. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about the teams that are actually undefeated. Yeah, not, I feel like, like one of these teams undefeated. feels a little faker than the others. Yeah, okay, let's start with them. The Philadelphia Flyers. They have so far beaten the New Jersey Devils, the Vancouver Canucks, the mm. Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning most recent, last night. All three of those games have been comeback wins, which is interesting to me. Because uh, if you need to keep coming back, that's not a good sign for your future, is generally how this thing kind of works. Um, but I want you, uh, you said you're looking at the standings. Yes. I hope you're not looking at Evolving Hockey's uh, team stats page right now, because I want you to guess uh, the Philadelphia Flyers' five-on-five five expected goal to, or uh, oh, percentage. Boy. Okay. Um, for a 3-0 team, are they, are they even 50-50? Sean, are they? <laughs> this is the Philadelphia 47. Flyers. Sean, th- again, this 44. is the Philadelphia Flyers. 
Yeah, but how they've won three games. It can't be that. Bad. I'm pointing. It's, I'm pointing down. Right. It's got to be uh, okay. Forty-one is as low as I'll go. Thirty-nine point six. Wow. Yeah, they right. stink. They're really fucking bad. But you know, if I get, I guess if you're the Flyers going into the year, everybody's like, "Oh, they're really fucking bad." I'm not buying tickets to that. And now they're three and zero, and the Flyers are like, "Hey, what if we uh, got rid of ticket fees? Would you come to a game then?" That'll do. So it. that's what they're doing right now. They're they are doing like no fees for the next day or three or something like that. I saw this yesterday. Um, that makes perfect sense to me. You try, try to con as many people into the building as you possibly can. But yeah, thirty nine point six. That's low. That's that's mm-hmm. not very good at all. No. Um, but but they've scored like sixty percent of the five on five goals. <laughs> what are you going to do? And it's and you know this is. Is some of this the John Tortorella factor? Is this just what he does? Does he squeeze the most points in the standings out of bad teams? I yeah, uh, like undeniably he does. Um, I uh, you know, which is, is not the same reliably... as making a bad team into a good team. No, for sure not. Yeah, no. Again, like the John Tortorella model typically is, we'll just get to the we'll get to overtime twenty eight times this season. Mm-hmm. And take our fucking chances, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I guess what I would say is I don't think that the things fil- the Philadelphia Flyers do well result in a 108 PDO. <laughs> yeah. That that would be that would be my I mean, they're shooting almost 14% and they have a 943 team save percentage at five on five. Or in all situations, sorry. Um yeah, that's not going to last. Like plain and simple. The thing is, though, uh, they've they've got some young players who have looked okay, or, or maybe a little better than expected, and uh, the older guys are, are are looking good. And maybe both of those things go away. But if only one of them goes away, I think you're you're at least making the team more interesting than it should be uh, by by rights, by uh, on paper, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I mean, um, we're we're not going out on any great limb here by saying we don't think the Flyers are actually good. I, I can't imagine that even the most diehard Flyers fan is out there thinking that 3-0 and is a real start for a team that everybody wrote off. The one thing I'd say is, you know, you talk about that goaltending. It's been three games of Carter Hart. Carter yeah. Hart two years ago was considered the next great young goaltender. And then he stunk. Mm -hmm. And then last year he was, he didn't stink, but he wasn't great. And now he's three games. He's still 24 years old. He's three games in. He's a 943. He's, he's not going to do that all year, but if Carter Hart is back, that does change the equation for this team. For sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, a goalie I've always liked and, and um, have I, you know, would I say that the the coaching the last few years has not helped him? Yeah, I would say that, you know. Um, but yeah, again, to expect this level of goaltending from anybody, mm-hmm. like Igor Shosturkin, like it's just, that's just not really feasible, right? Yeah. So, I, if the results again, then not, out the not way nine forty three, okay. but if it's the fact that they're getting good goaltending, like there mm-hmm. are certain goalies around the league that if you said they had three good games to start the season, I go, yeah, who cares? It's it's goaltending, right? Any goalie can have three good games. 
you know, if Martin Jones ran off three games, I'd be like, yeah, well, good for him. He had his That's one hockey. good week. Yeah. And whereas, you know, Carter Hart, you can go maybe, especially for younger guys where, you know, some of the confidence starts to kick in and, uh, you know, things become self-reinforcing. Like, that's the good news for Philadelphia if you want the Flyers to win this year. Now, there, I'm sure there's sure. a whole segment of the fan base that is like, yeah, here we go. We Well, so the other, the other thing to say, though, right, is John Tortorella, has that guy had any uh, goalies who had a lot of success in his past? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yep. Yeah, he. Uh, I believe both Bobrovsky uh, Vesnas came with him as the coach. Maybe the maybe not the first one. Now that I think about it, I don't remember. But um, let's let's look it up. Uh, but yeah, like you know, he coached Henrik Lundqvist. Now, did Henrik Lundqvist need the help? No. In fact, uh, it was the opposite. Right? Like, yeah. So it was the, it was just the second uh, Bobrovsky Vesna. He the first one he won. Tortorella was not the coach then, but. Uh, Todd Richards was, so works out great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the point being like, uh, in general, I, I would think you would say John Tortorella teams have pretty good goaltending overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you're a Flyers fan that yeah. is looking at a roster that on paper is bad, you're looking at a division where making the playoffs is going to be extremely difficult. And you're looking at a draft that is super top heavy mm-hmm. and you're going, this is the year to not even necessarily tank, but this is the year to have, what was it? 2007 where they just kind of out of nowhere dropped down to last place. Like, yeah, they got, and they got Van Riemsdyk yeah, second overall. Second because yeah. they, they lost the lottery in Chicago, right. jumped up and got Patrick Kane, but right, right. it's, it's, it's one of those things where you, you might be sitting there like, oh, great. This is Tortorella doing exactly what Tortorella was going to do. He's coming in. He's squeezing more out of this lousy lineup than he should. And we're going to, we're going to pick 11th this year. Awesome. Like this, but if you're Chuck right. Fletcher and you're trying to keep your job and your boss doesn't think you're rebuilding, you probably got exactly what you were hoping for. Yep. So far. So any, okay. So let, now, now that we've said all that, let's go to another team that, um, has looked good, but is, uh, and is undefeated, but like, let's maybe take a deep breath here is the Dallas stars. Mm-hmm. They've conceded two goals at five on five so far this year. Okay. Uh, they have a plus 10 goal difference in all situations, but here, here are their opponents, Nashville, Nashville, Winnipeg. So yes, the Not- stars have looked very good. Not a terror. It's not terrible like terrible teams. Like it's not like they've played Columbus three times, right? Yeah. Nashville's it, a playoff team. Winnipeg, hmm, you know, sort of, kind of. And, and when yeah, you know they they just uh, beat the shit out of Winnipeg like last night. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I think every game has either been four to one or five to one for them so far. So there, there's nothing to complain about for the stars except to say, I don't, lo- I don't love the uh, the strength of schedule there. If I'm if I'm trying to say like these guys are are all set. They now again they have beaten bad like badly beaten some pretty good teams. Although they have been outshot more often than not. So, but. They're generating a lot of high quality scoring chances and that kind of thing, and and giving up relatively few. So, so again, another, do I think another new coach? 
Right. And a coach that, again, you would say this guy, especially in the first year or two of a new job, has it. You know, players seem to like him. I don't know if you saw that quote. Um, oh, shit. Who was it from? Uh, one of the, one of the guys on the stars, they were like, what, what, what do you think is different this year? And he's like, oh, we don't have to dump it in anymore. Ah. Yep, that's right. Yeah, well, that'll, that'll do it. And uh, they have the personnel to not dump it in and still have success. Yeah, Isn't that interesting? And much like the Flyers, another young goaltender, uh, this one who didn't stink last year, Jake Ottinger. I mean, we all said, right, like, and we, I think for a lot of us, probably maybe somewhat tongue in cheek, we're like, oh, if the Jake Ottinger from the playoffs shows up in the season, look out for the stars. Well, so uh, yeah, far, 966 at, and, uh, in all situations, it's their yeah. goaltending right now. So, so again, not sustainable take at that level, obviously. No. But, right. Maybe like Jake Ottinger is just a, one of the league's best goalies revealing yeah, itself. No. And, uh, I, I said it last week, right? Like the central division, you could tell me Colorado at the top, Arizona and uh, Chicago at the bottom and any order of the teams in the middle. I'll believe that. Like if you tell me right now, the stars kind of keep this up all year. I, obviously not like the percentages or whatever, but like if they keep beating perfectly good teams, like beat who you're supposed to beat and then win more often than not against the teams that are on roughly the same level as you, you're all set. Yeah. You know? And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to make a comparison here that is, I, I acknowledge up front is, is kind of a, a big reach, but just as an absolute best case, you look at the Rangers last year, a team where nobody really, you know, yeah, they might be in the playoff mix. Wild card vibes. Yeah. A lot like Dallas, a younger team than Dallas is, but and then Igor Shosturkin is like, guess what? I'm, I'm the awesome. best goalie alive, yeah. And then by the end of the year, we're all like, yeah, he is. And that boosts everything with the with the Rangers, right? Not just you get better goaltending, but it affects everything. It affects the whole game. So yeah, that could happen again with this Dallas team. Jay right Gott, now, same roughly same age, same experience. Uh, you know. Now, the Rangers as a team are getting sub-900 goaltending to start the year. Right, well, that's the other thing. Shesterkin stinks now, so... And and they're still winning a bunch of games and stuff, so... Yeah. What are you going to do? But... I have been told um, by Rangers fans that they should be considered one of the best teams in the league because they've been completely dominant as long as you only look at the games where they've been completely dominant. Which, honestly, I, I ran the numbers and they're right, so... To be fair... I would they played, what, four games? In three of them, they've been completely dominant. And then one of them, they were like, fine, and that's it. Yeah. Right? So, I, they, I don't I know. I mean, they like, lost they, to the Jets. So they lost to the Jets, sure. But, like, that was a, I think that was a game where they outshot the Jets pretty badly and, and still won. Am I right about this? Or still lost, I mean? Uh, yeah, they, they outshot them 41-34. If you keep putting up 41 shots a game, you're going to be fine. Probably will be. Yeah, so I, I got nothing bad to say about the Rangers' start, except, you know, it's just funny that they aren't getting the goaltending for Shisirkin and still they're 3-1. and one. Um, But they're not undefeated. Again, they lost yeah. to the Winnipeg Jets. So let's talk about uh, another team that's undefeated and uh, another team with a, with a strength of schedule where you would say, mm, not so much. Uh, the Hurricanes have beaten the brakes off Columbus, 
San Jose, and Seattle. Yeah. Which is what and you like, would expect that team to do. Correct. Like this, this is the the first of our teams where you're like, yeah, we expected this team to be a legit cup contender slash favorite. So yep. I think this is the part where you go, all right, you can only beat who the schedule puts in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the fun thing for Carolina is we don't have to wait very long for the difficulty to ramp up because they're going through Alberta starting tomorrow. Right. And that's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, and the other thing to say is like, this isn't like Dallas where the, the hurricanes are getting outshot by mediocre or bad teams and still winning. They are picking these teams apart. So it's 60% every percentage you want across the board or more, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, that's, that's what you would expect them to do. You, would you expect them to outscore those teams 11 to three? Well, maybe not. Um, but you know, all you can ask for is that you, uh, beat the shit out of the bad teams, which they have done. So I, you know, I got nothing bad to say about Carolina. And and again, for the third, this, this is a theme. Anytime you're talking about early season success, just about goaltending looks great. Sure does. Freddie Anderson and Aranda are going to be 960 goaltending. Gosh, you know what? Probably not sustainable for the full year. But that well, I, was a but again, last year, so right. Freddie Anderson, Why you know, had a be? had a legit Vesna case last year, mm-hmm. right? And and so and that's not entirely, but largely due to uh, the Hurricanes don't let anybody near their net. So it's totally reasonable that this would continue for another season. Hmm. So again, like what can you say? Like you said, you gotta, you gotta play the teams that are on the schedule. They're not going to be like, you know what? Forget the Columbus game. We're going to fly to Calgary. See what's up over there. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the Calgary flames. Um, they look like the best team in the league, right? A team that has had a, a nasty looking schedule. Colorado, Edmonton, Vegas. They have outscored those teams 12 to 8. Like, if you wanted to say those are the three best teams in the West other than the Flames, I don't think it would be I, crazy. I, you know, Vegas I, obviously didn't make the playoffs last year. There's, uh, you know. And people, well, you, you want know, to talk Minnesota, about a team that St. looked Louis. really good going into uh, that Calgary exactly. game last night. Yep. They looked unbelievable. So. And, again, maybe not Any team that can beat the Avalanche. Is impressive. They they and beat Vegas Edmonton and, yeah on the road in a game where, uh, you know that it was, it 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 looked like it was the same Edmonton game that they had against Vancouver. Right, Vancouver comes in, right. scores a couple of goals, and then Edmonton's like, ah, you know what? I think we're going to win this game, and they power up, and the Canucks have <laughs> yeah. no answers. So the same thing happens against Calgary. Early lead, Edmonton goes, ah, you know what? And Calgary goes, I'm going to stop you there. Uh, no. I don't know what uh, we're better than you, and we're going to hold you off in the end. Now, close game, but the Flames well, look he, really good right now. So here's the interesting thing: unlike all these other teams, where we're like, "Oh, well, they're getting like 960 goaltending right now; they're shooting 15 percent." The Flames are shooting 11 percent, so that's kind of high. But they're they are also getting sub 900 goaltending, and they're still three and zero against those teams. Yeah. Uh oh, <laughs> that's not yep. good for everybody else. It is not, and because yeah, close you know, games and that, but uh, you got to win them, and they'd have. The other thing to say though is, like last year, 
The Flames started out, I'm pretty sure, I, I think I'm remembering this right, for the first like six weeks of the season, they had like 950 goaltending. And it's still, and it sort of chilled out after that, right. but Markstrom was still good enough for the whole season that, uh, you know, they, they ended up, uh, he, he ended up as a Vesna finalist, right? Uh, he, he was top three, right? I believe he, he was, uh, yeah. or if he wasn't, he was, he was close. Guy, yeah. Cause he was, yeah. Well, then, again, we can just look this up. I don't know what I'm fucking asking. I guess I could for. just, yeah, he was second in Vesna voting last through. year. So there you go, right? So so uh much of that second was built on the first 6 8 weeks of the season. That having been said, uh, those came, those games count just as much in the standings as the ones in like March, right? Uh-oh. But th- uh th- but this is this is my point though is like uh the nobody should be worried about the Flames now. Everybody the question about the Flames is can Markstrom play 55 games without dying? And so I guess we'll see, but let me, let me ask you this. So we just talked about all these teams, rank them from five to one in terms of where you think they end up at the end of the season. Now that they've laid down, you know, two, three good games in a row here. So I'll, I will, Carolina Calgary is a coin flip. I'll still go Carolina. I I predicted them for the president's trophy at the beginning of the year. So I guess I have to stick with that, but, but, Already feels like the gap is narrowed. Uh, then, then a a pretty big gap to the next tier, which I think is St. Louis, Dallas. Not super far behind them because of the Ottinger factor. And then, a, and then a gap, and then another gap, and then another gap, and then the Flyers. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, I, so when I do the, uh, power feelings for EP rink side at the beginning of the year, I do like a color coded thing from dark red to dark green. Dark red means you're insanely bad. Dark green means you're like one of the handful of the most likely teams to win the Stanley cup at the beginning of the year. I do this at the start of every season. I have flyer. I have the flyers in kind of like uh medium red they're not arizona and chicago bad but they're right there with like montreal seattle buffalo san jose new jersey those are the teams i have in like medium red like just regular red yep um i have uh st louis and dallas as both like the lightest green that I can put them in where I think like those are good teams, but they're not. I, so specifically I have them at 14 and 13 in the league, uh, by the end of the season. I think those are good teams with some obvious question marks. Which one, which one ahead of who? Uh, Dallas is one ahead of St. Louis. Interesting. Okay. I trust the goaltending more. That's simple. Um, Calgary. I have as the bottom of the, second darkest green. I have four shades of green that I use. Um, and what's funny is I just look at the teams in alphabetical order and like assign them a color. And then I kind of sort after once I get all the colors nailed down. And so I actually have, uh, 16 teams in green this year. Isn't that funny? I just kind of, uh, 
organically ended up with that. But mm -hmm. uh, Calgary, I have as the eighth best team in the league this year, I figure. A, a step behind Edmonton uh, in the same category as Florida and Vegas. Okay. Um, I feel like three games into the season, I might be. I might have them a little low. And then Caroline, I have as the number two team in the in the league behind Colorado. Yep. So I, I feel like those are all reasonable. But that yep. Yeah. yeah. And, anyway. And yeah, you know, obviously subject to change a ton, but we're slowly but surely. But again, that's like preseason. I yep. that nobody had played a game when I put that yep. that uh together. Uh, and I have as the playoff bubble just for, for people keeping track here. Uh Winnipeg, Nashville, Vancouver, and the Islanders from uh 20th to 17th. So sounds good. Islanders a step behind the Capitals. And uh Yeah. Are we gonna do the winless teams? Well, hey. Why don't we take a break and do that when we come back? Beauty. Great. Rook Linen knows that a good set of sheets are essential for all bedroom activities, sleeping, cuddling, exercising. I think you know the rest. Eating is what I assume they are getting it there. But for everything that you do in bed, do it in all positions on the highest quality sheets, pillows, and bedding from the home of the internet's favorite sheets. And that would be Brooklyn. And it's created by husband and wife duo to provide customers with luxury hotel-level home essentials. They offer everything from cuddle-ready sheets to cozy towels, robes, loungewear, accessories, and more. You don't have to take their word for it. Check out their website to read over 100,000 five-star reviews from people all around the country. You heard that right. They have over 100,000 five-star reviews. If you're looking to snuggle or you simply appreciate the finer things in life, Brooke Linen's heathered cashmere sheets will have you covered with the lightweight luxury of soft cotton and cozy Himalayan cashmere. And their limited edition seasonal colorways, ink blue and rust, transform any bedroom into a luxurious Swiss Alps resort. For everything you do in bed, check out brooklinen.com today for their luxurious home and bedding essentials and use promo code PUCK for $20 off plus free shipping on your purchase of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code PUCK for $20 off, plus free shipping. All right, we're back. We talked about all the uh, teams that are doing really well. Let's talk about all the teams that are doing really poorly. And I guess you can't start... Way more fun. It, of course it is. I guess you can't start that conversation without saying the Canucks were the first team to blow three multiple goal leads and lose uh, to start a season. And then they became the first team to uh, blow four multiple goal leads and lose. Although ever. they did get a loser point last night. So yeah, things are trending ever, in the right apparently. direction. Like I, I read that stat right. Like this is the first time, that, not at the start of a season, but ever that a team has blown four multi-goal leads and lost, which feels amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't I mean, I guess it's not amazing because it is the Vancouver Canucks, a team that is accursed. Yeah, sure. Right? No, like, it feels it feels amazing to me that the record is that Sure, low. yeah. But uh apparently it is. And yeah. Well, like yeah. I, I guess the thing is you gotta be pretty good to establish multiple goal leads in four games in a row. Yeah. I guess I would have thought it would have happened in the eighties or something when the sure. goal scoring was crazy or whatever, but uh 
Yeah. To do it in a row is difficult, I guess, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, last night, obviously, like, the greatest indignity because it, not not only because it happened again, but because, like, now they're already in panic mode, right? They're, they're already, like, healthy scratching Connor Garland and all this kind of stuff, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, you guys have no fucking answers, it turns out. And they oh, were okay. playing a Columbus team that was 0-3. So right. you're kind of looking in the mirror going, all right, one of us is going to get our first good news of the season, and one of us and is going to be And then they go really... up multiple goals. Yeah. Hey, you know, they do say two, the two-goal leads the worst one in hockey. They do Vancouver's say that. like, yeah, no shit. Tell yeah. me about it, brother. Um, But, yeah, it's... <sighs> I don't I don't know what you do if you're Vancouver because like you have you have the good coach. He doesn't seem like he's the coach who um who management wants to have around long term. No, no not at all. <laughs> but but he's good. Like uh, I think any team, you know, uh if he when question mark, he gets fired, uh there's gonna be teams that are like, you know what? We gotta kick the tires on this. But yeah. It doesn't seem to have a lot of answers here. Like they, they yeah. asked him why why'd you healthy scratch Connor Garland? He's like, I had to healthy scratch someone. It ended up being him. Now, if it's me, you know who I healthy scratch is the guy who has been on the ice for every goal you've allowed basically all season. And that's uh that's yeah. JT Miller, right? Because He's that's to like that's how you endear yourself to the GM is you scratch the guy who just got the crazy extension. Well, crazy is right, but, huh? But yeah. <laughs> JT like, Miller not not good. No, has not started I he's already uh, uh zero goals for 10 goals against. I looked it up this morning uh on the when he's on the ice. Um that all but ensures he cannot finish the season with a positive goal difference. Yeah, he uh and and I know, like, when I was looking at it for the first three games, it, it was, it's not that it's misleading, but he plays on the penalty kill, and the penalty kill stinks. So he's getting sure. it up a little bit there. But, uh, yeah. I can look up his five-on-five five goals against. They're not good. He hasn't, yeah. Again, he hasn't I been I mean, he does, he's for... scored twice on the season, so he's he's got, uh, he's been on the ice for goals, but not, yeah. is, is it, is it, is he minus 10 at five on five? Is that? Uh, let's, let's see here. Let's see here. Five on five. No adjustment. Uh, Miller. JT Miller is He's the got man's name. Uh, one power uh, play goal. One two and four. Goal. Two and four. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's actually going great for him. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, oh, you know what? The, those that, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck happened when I looked at these numbers, because it said 0 and 10, and that can't be right, because he's 4 and 12 overall. That's still really bad. And again, all but ensures he cannot finish the season uh, with a positive goal difference. Like, the idea that you're he's going to catch up with that, that's a, that's a that's deep tough. hole yeah. to start out in, man. And, and um, so is being 0 and 4. So is having one point through yeah. four games. Like, that is, you know, I know, like, we're a week into the season. This is the time. Everyone's always like, ah, it's too early. It's too early. And it is too early to write any team off. But like, they're already five points back of the teams they're 
probably going to be chasing for yeah no uh, spots, you know like. pe- people people always like what's what's the saying is like you can't make the playoffs in october but you can definitely miss them in october yeah. and and it, that's that's what's happening here it gets is, late early if you're it, a it bad certainly team. does it certainly does and mm-hmm. you know i don't even think the canucks are a bad team right but like yeah. Here, here are the results. So, what, what, what do you want to, what do you want to do? Now, you know, the, like the one thing that we got to point out, and it's to say we've done this for every single team. So, you, when when a team feels like they're having unexpected results, you go down, you look at the goaltending. Uh, Thatcher Demko stinks this year. Yeah. Sure. Do we think that that is going to continue, or do I we don't, think that no. uh, Thatcher Demko is going to be pretty good? Like that's yeah, the good I mean, news. If you're a Canucks fan, the, you go eight fifty is a big ask to keep up. Yeah, right. The four point so. four eight goals against. I'm gonna say probably, probably no, just down a little bit. But Which is, so that's where you're. If you're like, well, where is this team gonna get better? That right there is what you're looking at. If you're yeah, looking. honestly, a lot of their a lot of their like other stats are not horrible. Um, the, are they good? No, obviously not. Right. But, um, they're, they're not awful. Like they're what, here's, what's interesting. They're out shooting their opponents. They're out coursing their, their opponents. They're out, uh, Fenwicking their performance, their opponents, uh, 44% of the expected goals. It's 26th in the league right now. Um, and they're underperforming 44% of the goals. Right. So, so let's, let's stop there. Can you uh, explain to listeners okay when you're 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 out coursing out fan really like you're you're getting more shot attempts mm-hmm. which you think would translate to more expected goals like that seems like a huge gap is that just a team that's are they just getting all their shots from the perimeter or are they just they i i i gotta go to a different website to look this up but my suspicion based on uh the two games i've watched at least a part of i watched who did I watch the, the entire game against? Um, it's great that I already don't remember this. <laughs> oh no, I watched the, I watched the entire Flyers game. That's right. Okay. God, um, tell me about it. It's- but it was just like on on a Saturday afternoon or whatever. So that that was why. Um, but my my suspicion is uh, based on everything we know about the Vancouver Canucks is that they're just giving up a shitload of uh, high danger chances. But natural stat trick isn't loading for me right now, so I can't pull it up uh quickly and easily um but yeah so like i i suspect that's the problem i don't know that that's a bruce boudreau problem i think that's a uh look at the team that they gave him to play with problem mm-hmm. and i i you know i don't think that's telling tales out of school i think still, i think I that's a uh man i i, I don't feel good about Bruce Boudreaux's oh, long-term Yeah, let, let me let me stop you there. Me neither, yeah. right? But like... We're on the same page. We both like him as a coach, but I'm not investing in Bruce no, Boudreaux's I, stock right now. Partly because, I mean, obviously the fact that if people don't remember in the offseason, he had an option year and like he wanted an extension and the team was like, no. And he was like, well, then maybe I don't want the option. And they were like, that's fine. You go... You go think about it. You go talk to other teams if you want to go somewhere else, which is typically not what a team says when a guy has done a pretty good job as an interim coach. And then he eventually came right. back and said, I'll take the one year. They're not locked into him. Uh, and then the other thing is, it, like we talked about this last year with the Canucks, 
when they made the coaching change, how many times did we say if they had done that a week or two earlier? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Been a playoff team, and I wonder how fresh that lesson might be for for the Vancouver front office. Uh, man, it's it it feels ugly in Vancouver already. It feels. Um, I would say as well. It should. I, it feels more ugly than maybe it even should. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Vancouver, uh, 13 high danger shots against and 23 medium danger shots against. Okay. That's, not, um, not and that's only at five on five. That's, that's a tough one. They, yeah. and they only have four, uh, high danger four, which is surprising and 25 again, uh, medium four. So like they're not getting to the net and they are all, and they also have conceded, the second most high danger shots on goal uh, in in the regular season, so which far, which according helps to Money Puck, what's going on with Thatcher? Demko, yep, maybe. Yep. But I and the other thing with Vancouver and I I I wrote about them in my Monday column, which is they, they were zero and two at that point, right? Uh, but the schedule for these guys is fascinating. They're starting the season on a five game road trip. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Never good. you know, which, Never which, which you started be. off. Yeah. When you, when the schedule came out, you went, Oh, that's going to be tough. You know, they got, hopefully they can get home at three and two or whatever. And it's, you know, clearly it's already in crisis mode, but they start off against Edmonton, Philadelphia. They were Owen two. And then I said, man, look at their next three games because the next three games are all against other teams that are potentially in panic mode early on Washington. Yep. Okay. Well, they lost to Washington. Columbus was Owen three with Johnny Gaudreau. They go into Columbus. They lose to Columbus. Now look who they've got next, Minnesota. Yeah, we'll, the we'll, other, we'll talk about. We'll, let's we'll talk, talk about, about the Wild now, in a because they're well. So I did want to just say one thing. Besides that, is that not only did the Canucks blow multiple, uh, like a two goal lead last night, um, they also gave up a goal. Like they they went up three to two like halfway yes. through the second period and then immediately gave up another goal. Like it's the way they're losing is fucking felt brutal. Like that could have been like the, ah, like we just put the dagger we, we figured in the it whole, out. we yeah. blow leads thing. And, and, and then the other thing I'll say is if not to get ahead, but if they lose to Minnesota and they come Ooh. home, Owen five, who do they have in the home opener? Buffalo Sabres. Their yeah. expansion cut. Just beat the Edmonton. <laughs> Oilers. And can you imagine, like, I mean, in a way, if obviously if you're 0-5, you want as easy an opponent as you can because you need a win. But yeah. 0-5 on the road, you come home, those fans are going to be ready to start booing at the drop of a hat. Absolutely. And you're playing a team that nobody thinks is a contender for anything. Man, if you lose that game, yeah, like that's already a Absolutely. scenario where you can see the jerseys raining down on the ice. You can hear the fire everyone chants going. The, like, you could see... We could be two weeks into the season and we're just like the Canucks have the the whatever it was, 18 wheelers gone off the road. Um man, it's it yeah, it could get really dark mm-hmm. really fast. So okay, you mentioned the wild. Let's talk about the wild. They're 0-3. They've played the Rangers, the Kings, and the Avalanche. That's a tough schedule. Now all of those games were at home, but that's a tough schedule for sure. Um I think having watched bits and pieces of two of those games, uh, what I've seen is they've looked thoroughly mediocre, I would say. 
Like, uh, they haven't really impressed me, but they I don't think they've played badly. You know who's played badly is Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson. The mm. team save percentage, not counting empty net goals against, which I think they have maybe one, uh, 821. You think that's going to get it done for you? Marc-Andre Fleury is 776. And uh, yeah, so, again, yeah. we're looking at the goaltending. I, this is I, 11 goals every single team. We say this, right? Good or bad, we go, well, goaltending's not sustainable. And no, they're not going to be 820 all year long. And Marc-Andre well, Fleury is not going to be Fleury. the worst <laughs> goaltender on the planet. But how many other guys have we talked about? Carter Hart, we talked about Jake Odger, we talked about Thatcher Demko. All young guys near their Yeah, prize. Marc-Andre Fleury is my age, right? Like that's... Marc-Andre Fleury is old. Yeah. So you look at, like, for example, a Thatcher Demko. And you can say, goaltending's weird, but this guy didn't suddenly get awful over the summer. You look at a 38-year-old goalie? <sighs> he might have got like awful over the it's summer. It's at least a risk. Like, we all know how this can go, right? We all know, next game out, Marc-Andre Fleury has a shutout. 58 saves, yeah. We all go, ah, you know, you know, Alan Walsh sends 87 tweets about it. And we all go, ah, I can't believe we counted out the flower. What a great, what a great guy. Um I'm just saying he's 38. I'm not. Yeah, no, it's, the backup is not strong. The whole trading Cam Talbot thing might feel like. I mean, Talbot's injured, so it's he wouldn't be helping you now, anyways. But um, well, yeah, let, let another me, team. Let me let me put it this way: not only is he 38, he's played almost a thousand career games. Yeah, he's at 941 right now. That's a lot of fucking miles. Not to mention multiple deep playoff runs. With the Penguins and and Vegas a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, this is a guy who's played what, like, eleven hundred games at like the yeah. highest level in the sport. Miles. It's a lot of miles, and so we say it all the time: guys turn like thirty two, thirty three, thirty four, and there's an increasing chance that if it doesn't matter if they were good the previous year and. Let's be honest. Flurry wasn't that good last no. year. Two years removed from a Vezina at thirty six. Yeah, and a Vezina he deserved. Not like a, not like a uh, yeah. a lifetime achievement Vezina. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, like part of the reason he wasn't good last year is he played for Chicago, a team that was fucking awful, right? But he wasn't much better after they traded him, and there's there can be a million reasons for that, but. The idea that now you're like, okay, we got our goaltending figured out. It's this 38-year-old who's played 1,100 career games uh, in the NHL. He's uh, he's going to be fine. And it's like, that's a huge fucking risk for this team. I think it's signed next year too, right? So mm-hmm. even, even worse. But um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a t- it's a tough situation because, like you said, if you're Dean Evison, like you can't turn to your backup. Not not often. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's you certainly don't have a one A situation like you did last year. Now, right? Yeah, it, it's Philip Gustafson for those who don't know. It's Philip Gustafson, a guy who wasn't good enough in Ottawa. So, right? Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's. You know, I, again, are, are, is he going to be an, uh, a sub 800 goalie for the rest of the year? No, of course not. But is the seat warming up a little bit? Because, like, this isn't Dean Evison's fault. Can the team play better? Absolutely. 
I, I definitely think that like, how about that again, plus minus bad stat or whatever, but you generally speaking, I don't think you would say there is going to be any three game stretch in the regular season where Kirill Kaprizov is a minus eight. <laughs> My God, is that what he is right now? Yes. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing. Everson's already healthy scratching like Marco Rossi playing him yeah. what whatever you know how many minutes he's played in two games he's played two games you know how many minutes he's played oh, seven man. and a half oof on average that's yeah. fucking crazy yeah i oh boy i can't wait for this minnesota vancouver game man this is this it's is gonna I will rock. Say the one thing with Van- with uh, minnesota rather again i always try to find a little nugget of optimism and, and and I'll just say this because it's weird. It makes it it's weird to me every time I hear this. I'm always surprised. Unlike a lot of teams, they actually have a little bit of cap room. Not as much as it maybe looks like, but they've got a bit of cap room to play with, even with all that dead money. So, you know, there are some teams where you go, oh, you know, they stink. They should make a trade. Well, they can't. There's nothing they can do. Yeah. Bill Guerin, maybe there might be something he can do. Maybe. But, uh, you know, especially if, yeah, you got Matt Dumba. You got. I was just going to say that Matt Dumba trade is creeping up on us. It feels like. Although, Matt, hey, you Matt know, Dumba to Vancouver. Is there a way to make that work? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they. Well, do they do they need defense on that? Is the right side where the where the Canucks are like, oh, we're fine, and no the left idea. side? I refuse is like to we, learn what hand defensemen. Yeah, with. I'm just not. I'm gonna um, write no, this the right hand. side is their problem side because that's where go. that's Tyler Myers is is bad, and and Tucker Pullman is bad. So there you go. This this, this is a match made in heaven. But the pro, I guess the thing you would say if you're if you're the if you're any GM, I guess, is that oh we, uh, we can't uh, stop the goalies from uh, giving up goals. Here's what we should do is trade a defenseman. Good point. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, point. And being, I think the other problem uh, is you'd want to get something back from Vancouver and, and boy, they're, they're not, I mean, who, who do they trade like Bo Horvat or something? Right. Yeah. Cause, cause he's there. He's the guy that seems like they're going to trade him at some point, but anyway, Maybe. Um, yeah, uh, th- that's, that's the wild's problem is they can't get a fucking save, like call up someone from the AHL or something. I don't well, know. I mean, they'll, they're going to get some saves from Mark Andre Fleury. He's not going to be dog water all year long, but if put it this way, if, if you went into the season as a Minnesota fan going, Hey, maybe we get the Vezina Fleury back, you know, and I, he, Last year was weird. He was on a bad team in Chicago, gets traded midway. Maybe he settles in and we get like that version. Doesn't look like that's happening. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about another bad team, the, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, they won last night, to be fair. But uh, it this is just, it feels like, um, you know, going going into the the next game, if they give up one goal, fire Lindy. Immediately. That's, that's what everybody's going to, it does at this point it's beyond, uh, or it feels like it's beyond, um, rationality. Not, not that I think Lindy Ruff has done a good job at all. Don't get me wrong, but it's be, it's just to the point where it's like anything that goes wrong, you're saying fire Lindy. Yeah. Because a lot of people thought that was going to happen in the off season and they bring in Andrew Burnett as associate yeah. coach. Yeah. Right. Um, 
which is and, and they and they shit canned all of Ruff's uh, assistant coaches. Yes, yeah. like they should just have Andrew Burnett sit, stand on the bench behind Lindy Ruff with a knife in his hand, just right eyeing him. And just um, doing the throat slash gesture every time there's like a two on one. Yeah, again, exactly. Right. So like, I don't. I, I I hate to do this, but I like I went on the record and like uh, predicted first week in November for the coaching change. Yep. Um, because they have a tough road trip, and then they come home and they've got like a couple of easy teams. And I always think that that's a great time to to make the coaching change, right? You 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 want the new guy to start strong. It feels like we might not even get there yet. Well, Although that win last night certainly helps. Certainly yeah. helps. Now, the thing to say about the Devils too is I'm going to read you their uh, the first uh, seven games on their schedule, three of which they've already played. They've already lost to the Flyers and Red Wings. They beat the Ducks. Next up, they have the Islanders, the Sharks, the Capitals, and the Red Wings again. I don't think those are tough games. I think those are all winnable for sure. Mm-hmm. If they can get the saves, which... Let's be honest, that's been their fucking problem again this year. Um, yep. Mackenzie Blackwood, 864, Vitek Vanacek, 773. Yeah. In, in one game, but again, like I, I, I said this a million times with the Devils. They, this was a team that last year, the goaltending stunk. They were one of several teams this year going into, or going into the offseason that we said they need to address the goaltending. And the way they address that goaltending was by getting the second best goalie from another team that thought their goaltending stunk, the Washington yep. Capitals. No, absolutely. And keeping the other guy who, I mean, look, Mackenzie Blackwood's 26. I understand where you say, you know, we we want to make sure that that we're not writing a guy off early. But I would have so catapulted his start. ass out of town like on a tre- like on a literal catapult, on a trebuchet maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the summer that no, like I'm done with this fucking guy. If I, if I'm the devils, I cannot imagine why they brought him back other than I'm, you know, he was under contract. This was a guy like a year and a half ago. He was being mentioned as a team Canada candidate. Uh, that, th- again, that's more to Canadian goaltending. Correct. Granted, but you know, this, this guy was in that, in that, you know, whoa, this guy might be a good young goaltender of the future. And, I mean, he was not good last year. And, obviously, the stuff with the the vaccine and all that just made you really wonder about him. But I get why they wanted to double-check. You know, let's let's not cast a guy out and then he goes somewhere else and he's good and everyone's going, what? He had one bad yeah, year. Yeah, you, you right, get rid of sure. Him? But, but uh, yeah. I'm just going to read you his season-by-season season save percentage. You tell me if you notice a trend. 918 okay. as a rookie. Right. Mm-hmm. 915, pretty good in his second year. He played 47 games, 915 goalie. That's good. Uh, 902, 892, 864. This guy's going to end yep. up in the 500s by the <laughs> middle of next season. <laughs> and they'll still be like rolling him out there. Well, yeah. his contract is up after this year. I just looked. So okay. this is an easy call. He's a, he's a pending yeah. restricted free agent. Uh, we're not going to qualify you, Mackenzie. How's that sound? Um, if, you know, if things what, continue this way, which I kind of suspect they will. The other thing that's interesting about the Devils is, again, three games in, and I, I'm not even drawing any conclusions of this other than just noting it, is I feel like almost all of us were looking at this team going, this is the Jack Hughes explosion year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is where Jack Hughes goes from potential to superstar, 90 points, yeah. something like yep. that. And he's not done that yet. Well... He doesn't have a goal yet, but he has 12 shots on goal in three games. I think that's a good rate for him. 
you know uh he has yeah. two he has two assists like whatever i'm not i'm not i'm not saying he's playing like unbelievably well or anything like that but uh, yeah two assists both last night I, but it's just again you want the optimism of your devils fan you're going hey this it's coming yeah Jack no Hughes he, is, is going to be i think i think he's a, i think he's hope. a good player um now do they need more from him than he's given them? Yeah, of course. But like that's true of most of the players on the roster, I think you would say. Yeah. Um, you know who their leading goal scorer is right now? I do not. Dougie Hamilton, he has two. Ah. You you don't want to be uh led in goals by a defenseman at basically any point in the season is what I would say. Although it is nice to have our like monthly reminder that Dougie Hamilton plays for the Devils. It's all I Dale think about. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So here's the other thing: is um, Dougie Hamilton. Uh, I, I mentioned last week that I uh, that I'm on the uh, the I'm playing NHL, and I ended up on the Devils. Uh, and in that game, they're always having a teammate be like, "Hey, you want to go to the bowling alley? You want to go to you want to go to the movies? Whatever." And Dougie Hamilton is always the guy asking me if I want to go to like the museum in Columbus or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and so that I get a near constant reminder that Dougie Hamilton is on the New Jersey Devils. There you go. Because he always wants to hang out with me. <laughs> Respect. Just like I'm sure it. he would in real life. It's, yeah, definitely. Hey, we're both museum guys, you know. That's true. I love a damn museum. So, but yeah, that that is my constant reminder. No, that's exactly who Dougie Hamilton plays for. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, their problem is goaltending and maybe yep. coaching. And uh, I feel like uh, one of those is getting sorted out sooner than later, and it's probably not going to be the goaltending. So anyway, yep. uh, there's one last team. I'm the only one brave enough to say this, but it's true. Sheldon Keefe, hot seat. Wow. Uh, no? Is that crazy? I, not, I don't think it's I, fucking I crazy think it's, at all. I don't think it's yet, um, but... Brother, they lost to the fucking Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. What do you what do you think the Coyotes are going to finish this year? Like, how many wins? They're going to win twenty games. Twelve. Uh, I think twenty. Yeah, sure. Right. That sounds right. Yeah, so they're going to beat. They're going to beat some teams. It's uh, look. I mean, a lot of the they also the lost to the Canadiens. How many they when exactly. are they going to get? And this 30? is and this is the thing, right? The Leafs. This has been the knock on them for years now. Is they just play to the level of their opponents? Yeah. Including playing I down. Who, I wonder who's who could be responsible for that kind of thing. Well, could be anyone. Look, it the, the absolutely. I I was ready to tweet, and then I decided I was already being too negative after the Arizona game. But like Sheldon Keith doing the whole like we weren't ready to go, we weren't ready to like it's become like like Sheldon Keith in the hot dog costume saying we're all trying to figure out a hundred percent to get this team. So I I don't disagree with that. Um. I think I mean I mean Sheldon Keefe is gone at the end of the season if they don't break through. I I don't think there's any. They should have fucking turfed him in the summer. I'm telling you. Well, that would have involved that would involve making changes in response to losing in the playoffs, and that's. (laughs) What if instead we changed the minimum wage guys on the fourth line? I was going to say you're you're going to say they didn't make changes. They brought in Callie Yarncroak. They didn't make changes. Yep, Sean. So. Again, I've I've been saying this for years, and and I did tweet what this because I, I wrote two years ago. I wrote about the Leafs that this is a team that it, the knock on them is they they quit when it gets tough, and that's exactly wrong. When things are tough, this team actually tends to do pretty well. It's when things are easy that they go ah, we don't 
you know, they, they hang the mission accomplished banner mm-hmm. and they ease off. And sure enough, this year, same deal, right? Opening night, you're playing Montreal. Ah, Montreal stinks. We'll beat them for sure. Nope. Now everyone's freaking out because it's Toronto and you lose one game. And it's, it's big freak out. So they go home. They beat Washington. They beat Ottawa. Okay. Crisis averted. Now they're two and one. Here we go. Well, got a two-game win streak. Guess we don't have to try against Arizona. And here we go. And now you watch. They're playing their next game's against Dallas. We just finished talking about Jake Ottinger's unbeatable. They'll go out and score seven goals on Jake Ottinger. Sure. And then and you're, in a couple and you're putting of, that down as an official prediction. Official right? prediction. And seven then to a, one. No problem. In a couple of games. I didn't say they're gonna win. I just said they're gonna <laughs> And then they'll, you know, and they'll look great for a And then I think like the week after they play San Jose at some point. And right. that'll be the game that they'll go up. No, they'll, they'll lose that too. So I, Sheldon Keefe hot seat. Look, everyone's hot seat if things go really sideways in Toronto. But I will point out last year coming off that loss to Montreal where I have never seen a Leaf fan base that wanted changes more than, than that they did last summer and it didn't happen. They got off to a really bad start last year too. Uh, you know, everybody, the, the, the record wasn't good. Matthews wasn't scoring. Mitch Marner wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And then they had a hundred and they had 115 points. So it's, I don't think there's going to be a big panic. And I feel like Kyle Dubas is sort of like, man, I've hitched my, I've hitched my anchor to this guy, this, this boat anyways. So uh, let's, I'm not saying there's no way Keith gets fired, but I don't think it happens based on two bad weeks. Yeah, no, I, but I, I think, I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on because as you say, they, they host Dallas, uh, tomorrow night and then they have a five game road trip out yeah. to the West coast, which by that point might be a good thing, but, uh, yeah. And they're playing, you know, five it's, it's, it's the West coast. It's the West coast road trip, which means they don't go through Alberta. They don't have right. to deal with Calgary Edmonton on this trip, which is. But what I what I'm saying is, uh, apart from Vegas, every one of those teams on this road trip is a team they should beat: Winnipeg, yeah. Vegas, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim. They should beat all of those little, teams. Except shout, Vegas, out to, shout out to people in Winnipeg who just found out that they're on the West Coast. I'm well, sure. you know, they're headed in that direction. Certainly, you're just. I mean, you're close enough. But yeah, no, I mean, it's look, it's it's the Leafs. We it's the Toronto market probably does overreact to everything there's other teams out there that would love to be two and two but you you're you're supposed to be beating the montreals and arizona's and the thing with the arizona game especially it's it's not like they played great and got goalied and you know it, no, we yeah, shot sure. them 50 to 20 and we lost two to one that's hockey that happens a couple times a year whatever you you roll with it they the arizona was was better and 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 you know, again, I, I tweeted out when it was 2 nothing, and, you know, it was the intermission and people are all like, oh, the Leafs are leafing again and, and all of those uh, super clever things that people say. And I was like, man, they're going to score three goals in five minutes and, and like, get points out of this game because that's what they do. They, they mail it in for 55 minutes and then they flip the switch because they think they can do that. And they did score three goals in five minutes, except one of them didn't count. And the you know that was probably a good thing it's probably better that they lost that game in regulation than that mm. they like snuck in a point or two points that they didn't deserve cuz let them let them take the heat but yeah don't don't be surprised when they show up and play a great game against Dallas and then yeah um, for sure 
you know, a week from now they're getting smoked by the Anaheim Ducks. The the other thing you got to mention with the Leafs, obviously, is uh, Matt Murray's already hurt. Isn't that crazy? Who could have seen that coming? Yep. And uh, and Shocking. they were. I mean, this they're, is... they're in a situation where, uh, you know, Eric Chalgren was, you know, supposed to be the backup, and then uh, maybe, uh, you know, could could have. Could have been playing injured or whatever, and then it ended up not mattering because Ilya Samsonov came in. They won the game. Um, And Samsonov's been fine, but, like, now they're Mm. already in panic mode, goaltending-wise. Yeah, Chalgren started against Arizona, so, again, like, third-string goalie, but this is... Samsonov's going to get a lot of work. Yeah, and and uh, that's probably not a good thing. Based Very on likely. his career uh, and you know, numbers, injuries career. happen, and you know, Matt Murray's had a lot of injuries. I well, that's what I was going to say, right? Like, it, it's not like Groy has been his injury over the last few years. So maybe you say, hey, that you can't predict injuries. He's but, never played more than fifty games in a season, and you're yeah. going to have him be the starting goalie for a team that's like it's second round or bust for us, and even maybe the second round doesn't get it done. Mm-hmm. So. Like, that's your fucking starting goalie, a guy who's never played more than 50 games in the regular season. It's crazy yep. to me. You're going, oh, yeah, no, Ilya Samsonov. We'll play him, like, 30, 32 games, something like that. No problem. That's that's fine with me. Okay, well, Jesus Christ. We said it We said it when the deal went down. Yeah. We said it after. And, and you know, it's and, – and this part is unfair to Matt Murray, but it – people are pointing at – like, it's the Peter Morazic thing all over again. One game – groin problem you know he was never the same he, he never got back on track for the for the Leafs so uh we'll see but uh boy I'll tell you like it, you know the the one thing like Murray wasn't great against Montreal um but goaltending hasn't really been the issue in in Toronto to the extent that there's been any issue um no you watch and see but, what happens if Dallas comes in and puts six goals past him so sure. like now oh boy now well, we'll the, be the in, thing the thing I wanted to say, though, is like you don't if you're the Leafs, you don't get to go, well, look, what we're we supposed to do. We we're playing our third string goalie like this was right. a, an extremely predictable outcome, yes. maybe not three games into the season. But, you know, that and so that that's the issue for the Leafs is that hmm. is that they can they can uh, say, oh, yeah. you know, circumstances beyond our control. It's like, well, not that no. not that yeah. beyond. And also but, Arizona was playing their third string goalie because that's all they have. So they, uh, they listen, just, Carol Velmelko is like not terrible, honestly. That's definitely a guy whose name I knew. So like is he good? No, but it, he's, you know, he he's in a he's in a situation where he probably uh on a good team would be like half decent, honestly. But the, he's on Make a team us an that's offer, like tr- Arizona. No shit, like I'm saying, right? But yeah, anyway, um, so I guess the question is, of those uh, teams that are on the hot seat, which ones, leaving aside Toronto, do you still are like, oh, yeah, they got they got something left to to give. They can show me something here. Oh, I mean, uh, Vancouver and Minnesota, I still feel like. I, I had Minnesota on Monday as a team I wasn't panicking about yet. That was when they were two games in. Right. Vancouver, I didn't, but I still like a lot of this town. I got I to gotta be honest, like... I liked Vancouver in the offseason. I was sort of like, man, this is a sneaky, like, 
not only playoff contender, but maybe even, you know, make a little noise in the playoffs. And I watched the first five minutes against Edmonton and I was like, I'm so smart. I should have been louder about how much I like Vancouver. Cause look at them. They're rolling the Oilers. This is, this yeah. team's great. And I, I'm glad now that I didn't, but, uh, yeah, I, I think both of those teams have the potential to be fine. Uh, I'm not remotely worried about Tampa being one and three. Ah, uh, Columbus, I don't think it's going to be good, but um, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. And we, we didn't mention San Jose at zero and five, but they. Yeah, I mean, but like, are are they are they bad? Yeah, did everybody expect them to be bad? Yeah, are they? Did everybody expect them to be this bad? No. I guess is what you would say, right? Yeah. Like nobody said, oh yeah, coming into the season, this team's going to be whatever outscored, like tw- what is mm. this is doing? They're the minus 11 in my head so far. So 19 to eight. Yeah. They've, yeah. they've been outscored 19 to eight in five games. They're not good. Um, they're again, this they're not is, this bad, but they're, they're not this bad, but they're not good. They were never going to be good. Right. Now, I don't think there was any point where someone would be like, hey, you know who the leading scorer, again, this is like the Dougie Hamilton thing, you know the leading scorer for the San Jose Sharks is he has two goals uh, and Absolutely. three points? Evgeny Svechnikov, the worst okay. Svechnikov brother. Yeah. So there you wow. go. Uh, yeah, they're, they're very bad. Uh, I'm just trying to, is there anyone else that, we should oh Edmonton, I guess, is the other team that they're one and two, lost to Buffalo, needed yeah. the comeback against Vancouver. Yeah. Lost to Calgary, which I don't are we at all concerned about Edmonton? I Jack Campbell I guess, hasn't looked great. Right. I guess that's the thing to say about them. Uh otherwise, you know, it, it, it's otherwise it's the same oiler shit as always. Uh mm-hmm. McDavid and Dryside will come over the board, you're like, oh shit, here we go. And yeah. then everybody else is out there, and you're like, oh, these bums? I don't care about them. Right. It's, yeah. it's that simple. Okay. I, I mean, I think Edmonton's going to be fine. Here, here's my big question I totally as far agree. as yeah. teams that are worried. How worried should Chicago and Arizona be a week in that this whole tank battle is not going to be easy? They both won a game. San Jose is 0-5. Yeah. Uh, you know, Anaheim doesn't look good. Uh, are they at all going... Uh oh, we should start throwing some things overboard already, or do you just kind of take it easy and? Yeah, I, I, you know, hey, it's never too, if you're tanking, it's never too early to trade your good players. Yeah, those points in October count just as much as that, the ones we, in yeah, March. You gotta really be right? careful. But um, yeah, they're they're the sooner they can get everybody convinced, like I, I guess with Chicago in particular, it's a situation where they're like, we got to convince Kane and Taves that like the bottom is fully dropped out here. Like it's not even right. dropping, it's gone. And then you trade them. Obviously the issue is that like, that's a lot of money to move early in the season. That's yep. all for sure. Um, Oh, you know what? I just looked this up. Uh, the uh, the Oilers uh, went with Connor McDavid on the ice at five on five uh, so far this year. You know what the you know what the Oilers have done? Scored one goal. Oh, really? Yeah, one at one goal for one against. Well, I got to trade him. He's a bum. Here's my prediction. I don't think that's going to continue. 
No, yeah, he's he, well. I think the the one goal for is going to continue. I think the goals against are going to keep skyrocketing. This guy's yeah. this guy's cooked. Yeah, he's done. He's power only got six looks, points through three games. Power play looks really good in Edmonton, though. That's, oh yeah, no, that's right. That's the other thing to no say is uh, penalties against five, guys, but then, five goals when he's on the ice on the power play. So yep, Globe pretty good stuff. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I think to, to run it down real quick, the only, the only teams that are like in, in bad shape that, that we just talked about that I, that I do actually believe in are, uh, Minnesota, um, Edmonton and maybe Vancouver and Toronto, I guess, obviously, but Hmm. yeah, that's it. Um, let's, uh, everyone else, all hope is lost pretty much. Yeah. Um, Let's quickly talk about, did you see Evgeny Kuznetsov, uh, speaking of Evgeny's, yeah. Right? Uh, did you see him take a baseball swing at Kyle Burroughs' face, uh, a little connect, whack. connect, and you're watching, I don't know, this was my experience, I'm watching that NHL suspension video, and they're like, the guy is responsible for where his stick ends up. He says he didn't mean to hit him in the face, that's tough shit, too bad. Uh, this is an intentional act to slash a guy. He slashed him right in the face. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're winding up to give this guy like seven, eight games. Mm-hmm. And, the, and at the end of the video, they're like, Evgeny Kuznetsov has been suspended for one game. Yeah, it seemed light for sure. Now, I saw people um, going like, oh, the, the, this should be 20. And I, it's like, I, again, well, I'm a throw the book at him guy. Yeah. Right? Like, it should be 20. But it's never realistically going to be 20. No. But even still, you're watching that video going 100%. They're going to do the their equivalent to throwing the book at this guy. Minimum four games. And they're like, yeah, he has to sit out a game against uh, the Senators or whatever. And you're like, what? Yeah. Especially since it was like, you know, people didn't see it. Like they kind of, they, they come together. They're having, it's not really a board battle. They're, they're, but. You know, they're a little battle in the corner. They got tangled up in, in front of the net. And, and he swings at him like, net. you know, he gets pissed off and takes a whack at the guy and hits him right in the face. Like right it's, in the it's, face. It, it wasn't like, I mean, you're responsible for your stick, but we see accidental high sticks all the time. And you know, those don't get, this was not that, but well, it oh. was that in terms of, he says he didn't mean to slash the guy in the face. Just well, in it the was chest. like, he, he's trying to slash him in the chest and right. like the blade of the stick comes up and hits him in the face, which is not, uh, yeah. And you know, no serious injury. I don't believe, uh, you know, no. not premeditated in the sense of, you know, he wasn't looking for him on the shift or anything. But, yeah, the, the NHL for a while went away from one-game suspensions, which I think was smart. Like, I, I don't know really what message you send with a one-game suspension. I thought it was going to be two or three. I thought if you'd made me bet on it, I probably would have said two, and I would have already been ready to say that that was low. Yeah. One? I don't know. Like, what? You can't slash a guy in the face. It's not that bad if you do, I guess, is the message. I don't know. I don't know if these guys. Yeah. It, How's that for a hot take? Department uh, of Player Safety. These, these freaking clowns. guys, come on. Yeah. These bozo the clowns. Yeah. No, it, it, I like I said, watching that video, I'm like, whoa, they're going to really fucking give it to him. And then they're like, no, we're not. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's hockey, right? Or at least that's the NHL. Um, why don't we take another break and we'll be back to talk about a couple other uh, newsy things that happened this uh, the last little while here. Uh, we'll be right back. Thanks. This week's episode of Puck Soup is brought to you by Athletic Greens. 
And folks, I'm just going to let you say it this time. Why did I start taking Athletic Greens? Because they sent it to me. Right, exactly. And uh, they sent it to me a long time ago. I've taken it. I've taken, uh, basically finished off two full uh, boxes of, of Athletic Greens. And, uh, you know, it was always a thing of, I, I didn't want to get involved in, in daily supplements and all that kind of stuff. It felt like uh, it wasn't for me, especially like, because in my head, all those things are, are kind of gross. Not so with Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens taste good. And uh, you might be thinking to yourself, what's in Athletic Greens that tastes so good? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and my favorite, your favorite, everyone's favorite, adaptogens. Take it every morning, you know, you mix it in with a little water, you're, you're off and running. You're feeling good, um, energy, and just, you know, a, a little bit more reassurance that you're not uh, eating just like na- all the nasty food I eat during the day. Oh, my dinner last night was uh, eight Reese's peanut butter cups, whatever. I don't have to worry about that anymore because of athletic greens, you know. The other thing is, uh, no matter what your dietary restrictions, lifestyle, whatever you want to say, Athletic Greens works. It's keto. It's paleo. It's vegan. It's dairy-free. It's gluten-free. And it contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs. No chemicals. No artificial nothing. Unbelievable. Can you believe it, folks? No, you can't because it's unbelievable. I just said that. Uh, the other thing about it, of course, is it costs less than $3 a day. That's cheaper than your mocha choca, frappa crappa, cold brew habit, you know? Definitely also cheaper than getting all those supplements purchased at the same time. So that I guess that's why it has more than 7,000 five-star reviews. So here's what you're going to want to do. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com puck. Again, that's athleticgreens.com puck to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right couple other things um board of governors was uh well i think the, i think it's multiple days but it started yesterday gary bettman addressed the media one of the things he said uh, is the salary cap could go up to about 86 million bucks by the end of the year if things uh, go well mm-hmm. that would be huge news because incredibly yeah we've all been waiting for it to go up another million and i mean even earlier this calendar year where he said it, it the next year might be the end of the flat cap. That felt like big news. And now he said yeah, it, they, it the, could be this year. Yeah. The, like they, there was a report like less than a month ago, maybe that it was like, okay, no, they're definitely saying like not next season, but the one after it'll be normal again. Could be as much as, you know, 90 million five years from now or whatever. And if it goes up to like 86, 86, five by next season, like that would be, crazy boy you want to talk about a team that would uh, benefit from that how about uh well i mean a lot of teams would benefit a but lot. the one that immediately springs to mind is uh the boston bruins because uh, they have to re-sign david Krejci and they and as we've talked about on the show many times uh, they also have the uh overage bonuses for uh bergeron and and uh Krejci. Mm-hmm. and so uh, david pasternak mm-hmm. must have been so excited when he heard that <laughs> I mean, kinda... well, honestly, what's the difference to him? He's gonna make he's gonna make like Connor McDavid money regardless, yeah. right? You you got he's he has to. 
He's fucking unbelievable. Did you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about guys who are scoring a lot in a minute, but did you know he has eight points through four games already this season? Yeah. He's, that's great. God, he's so good. He looks like a dude who, uh, he, he seems like he would like a new contract. An elite player in a contract year is what he looks mm. like. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, works. no, but. But yeah, that that would be crazy. Um, you know, obviously the the reason there's a flat cap for people who are not paying as much attention to this because fucking why would you? Um, but uh, the reason why is uh, that basically uh, the players could have. I, I think we're given the choice right between we'll roll back your salaries yeah. uh, for during COVID or we can keep the salary cap more or less where it is, but you owe us a bunch of money. The the players get. Fifty percent of revenue. So when revenue unexpectedly craters, either their pay had to crater or they had to borrow against the future, uh, essentially. Right. Uh, so uh, they they chose that, and now it, it sounds like the escrow debt might be paid off sooner than expected. So, um, the good news Again, for everybody involved. Big thumbs basically. up to all of those players who signed eight-year deals like a month ago. <laughs> well done. Yeah, no shit. You did great. Your agent your agent did a hell of a job for you. Yeah, a lot of agents getting fired in the next couple of weeks if this <laughs> if this holds, I think. Could be. Um, but yeah, it's it's really crazy. Uh, the other thing they talked about at the um, – at the board of governors is that the NHL put out a report on diversity in the national hockey league. Mm -hmm. And, uh, wouldn't you know it? Not a lot of that. No, no, who who could have guessed. And, and not just in terms of the players, but it was more focused on front offices. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like who works for this league? And, uh, I, you know, I, I, all I'll say, I, I spent some time with the report, Certainly nothing shocking in there, um, but credit to the league for putting the numbers out there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's about it. Uh, I mean, that, that that's all they get credit for at this point. All the other leagues have already done this. So, I mean, the NHL isn't breaking any ground here, but right. I guess, you know, credit to them for at least putting it out there. And then other than that, there are lots and lots of promises and and – nice sounding things in the report for which the league should get no credit until they begin to act on them. It all sounds yeah. great. It sounds great. Um, Let's see him do it. Yeah. Just real quick. The numbers here, um, employees across the NHL, uh, like all employees, I guess, uh, and, and teams league offices, team offices, everybody is uh, about 84% white. 4% Asian, a little under 4% black, uh, and Hispanic slash Latino, et cetera. Um, that includes 60, almost 66% of interns are white and, uh, 70% of human resources departments are white. Uh, 62% are men, 37% are women, um, bunch other people chose not to answer. So blah, blah, blah. Um, 93% straight. Well, you can go down the list. It's, it's all exactly what you would expect. Um, but it does seem like to, er- to everybody's credit here, things are at least trending in the right direction. 
Um, yeah, I mean, on you can this only front, imagine like, what those numbers would have looked like ten years, five ago. years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I I think I want I want to see if I can find the tweet from uh, this guy Craig Maninsky, who um, he posted something about uh, the percent of female fans that uh, is like the fastest growing demographic. Now it sounds to me like. Uh, you know, there's only if you're if you're slicing and dicing it that way, there aren't too many other demographics you can really say, oh, this, look how fast this one's growing. You know, yeah. um, but uh, the, you know, women uh are, make up like f- something more than forty percent of NHL fans at this point, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I can't find the tweet now. But anyway, point being, uh, women make up uh like forty five ish percent of nhl fans and you gotta wonder how but that's over and like uh the number has been going has gone up like four million or something like that um since like 2018 or 2019 again this tweet is like seemingly disappeared so i don't know but uh you gotta wonder about maybe that number starting to shrink a little bit uh given everything that's happened in the last couple of months mm-hmm. um the quick follow-up i guess on the ian cole thing is that uh, they couldn't really find anything to substantiate uh, the claims made in the anonymous tweet. And so they were like, well, I guess that's that. Yeah, which, I mean, this is what... Including they at- they attempted to reach out to the person who tweeted it and yeah. didn't get a response. Did not get a response. So who, whoever it was that, that tweeted the accusations uh, presumably chose not to participate in any further investigation, which is their their right, of course. But given that, I don't know what else the NHL could do. I, I know that no, there, uh, totally. There, totally. There's not a lot of uh, benefit of the doubt here, and and you know, obviously, uh, you know, we're all ready and uh, and and looking to um, to to uh, hold the league to account on stuff like this. But if you have an anonymous accusation, it's going to be difficult to substantiate that and if you can't substantiate it then this is this is how it was going to play out we said this last week and um i don't know that there's all that much to add yeah no that, that that's about that's about it um and then well, one last thing i wanted to talk about i mentioned david Krejci has eight points boy uh it, it seems like we're saying this every year but a lot of guys are scoring a lot this this season so far. Yeah, the the scoring rate not crazy high, but again, the one of the nice it's, things it's about, mostly driven by individual guys. Yeah, well, it, well and it was that was kind team. of the deal last year too, right? Like scoring went up yeah. a little bit, but it felt like it was more because you had all suddenly all these guys getting a hundred points and and that and and that's cool. I that's yes, that's that, much more fun me, than rocks. having it fourth line guys going from twenty to thirty points, and that's what makes the the rates go up. Yeah. Um, just, I want to run down some numbers real quick here. Uh, four games into the season, Artemi Panarin is already 10% of the way to a hundred points. Yep. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, David Pasternak and Mika Zabanajad both have eight. Gabe Velarde. How about that? The Los Angeles Kings. Yeah. Seven points in five games. Boy, it's crazy that a team has played five games already, but here we are. Um, Nathan McKinnon, Steven Stamkos. Steven Stamkos has six goals already, by yeah. the way. That leads yeah. the league. 
Um, McDavid has six points in three games, blah, blah, blah. You can go, but like, I look, I like, I, I guess I'll put it this way. I like when guys are averaging two points a game and 10 guys, uh, more than 10 guys, actually. Let's see here. Uh, 14 guys are doing that right now. Mm-hmm. That includes Braden Shen, who had two points in one game. So maybe nice. slow down a little bit, but I'm going to run the numbers, find out what he's on pace for because Buchnevich. And uh, Tarasenko, same boat. But all the other guys have played multiple games. They've, they're have they averaging two points a game. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's... I think that's cool. That is... Uh, that's that's what makes it fun, and we'll see. It's it's a week hard to read the trends, but that is, you know, that that was low-key one of the stories to yeah. watch heading into this year was with the the massive scoring increase. Like, Did you hear the dead puck era is finally over? They fixed it because scoring went up like, Point zero three or whatever it was last year. Um, Would that continue or would coaches have spent the offseason figuring out how to tighten it up? Uh, We don't know yet, but uh, scoring's cool and scoring by star players is is even cooler than that. Now, what do you think of uh, how how the rookies have gotten out of the gate so far here? Obviously, Matty Beneers is... uh, is like the, the headliner here, but like... Mason McTavish is ha- having a nice start to the season, even if he doesn't have a goal yet. Um, Caden Gooley's looked pretty good on the back end for Montreal. You know, you can go down the list here. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you do you have any thoughts on uh, on the on the rookie situation? Well, thank you for that preamble because it's given me time to uh, look up the uh, rookie <laughs> rookie scoring. But yeah, I mean, Veneers and, and McTavish, and then Owen Power. But that's a you know different situation with the defensemen are the the big name guys to watch. I, I don't think anything really jumps out at me here. Um, Beneer's a point of game. It, it's, it feels maybe a little high, you know, sure. but yeah, like he, he's point. a really good player. So yeah. everybody knows um, that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the other one would be Shane Wright uh, barely playing. Um, yep. Uh, which games, again, no points, send, six minutes a game. Send this kid back to the fucking WHL or and the will, OHL, right? That's, I mean, he's he's gonna. This is a classic guy who will play out his eight eight or nine games, and then will be sent back down. Yeah, but just send him back now. What 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 benefit is it giving him to play six minutes a night? It you know because next year when he comes in, maybe he's more comfortable because he's he's got a little bit of that that base of NHL experience. Maybe. He knows like not even the games, but he knows the process. He knows what a game sure. day is. He knows all that stuff. Okay. And and I'm sure they're also trying to tease the fans a little bit for the future. Um, but uh, not teasing them very much because it's... I was going to say, this guy you saw, this guy is the future of our franchise. That's right. He's playing yeah. six, six minutes a six night. Six minutes a game, getting caved in on possession, starting... He looks like shit Great zone starts. Are, are you excited? Zone. Yeah. But one shot um, on that. But uh, the other know. the other uh, rookie to talk about is Arbor Jackai, who I like his story. He went from uh, working at Costco to now he's an NHL player. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I want to talk to this guy about Costco. Just be like, you ever get one of those big hot dogs? Fucking what a deal. You can't beat that. This this guy, I'm, I'm glad he's one point through four games. And I'm, I'm glad he's not doing better than that because I am going to just refer to him as this guy. For the entire season, well, I'm not so, even going. I, I get enough crap about mispronouncing names without. Uh, now, did you say see it for me once? Arbor Jacky, Jacky, Yeah, I'm not doing that. 
That's fine. Um, now, did you see, I think it was Eric Angles yesterday tweeted, uh, he asked Arbor Jack, I, what, what's your nickname? Yes, that room? was really good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, for those who didn't uh, see it, he's like, is it X? And he goes, yeah, a lot of guys call me X. Some other guys call me Wi-Fi. And uh, Eric Angles is like, why do they call you that? And he said, because my name looks like a very secure password. Yep, it does. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's good, man. Like, that one yeah. needs to stick. Let's, uh, yeah, it's X H E K A J. Yeah. You know, Call the other guy, Wi Fi, I love it. That we should it just, if we're talking rookies, the guy who would win the Calder if such a thing was, uh, being voted on. And he, he doesn't feel like a rookie, but, uh, technically he is, uh, is, uh, Logan Thompson playing pretty yeah. good for Vegas. Playing pretty good. Rookie goalie's a dicey, and I mean, this guy, he played 20 games last year, but he's like just under the cutoff uh, for Calder eligibility. So, uh, yeah, he's he's been good. So we'll throw that out there as well. Yep, yeah. And, and we said that earlier, right? Like the idea that this guy could have a good season behind a team coached by Bruce Cassidy. Bruce was Cassidy. extremely believable yep. to us. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe not this good, as you say, but yeah, the guy's a player. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's it for this week. Not a, not a ton going on in the NHL other than a bunch of teams where we have to go. Now it's early, mm-hmm. but, but yeah. So, um, yeah. Why don't you hit them with some plugs? Uh, just, uh, find me at the athletic, get in for a dollar a month. If you're not on, on board yet for the, for your first six months, I want to say, um, I've uh, resumed my weekly power rankings. I had a piece this week on uh, times in history that teams acquired a goalie who stunk right away, uh, but the goalie ended up being uh, pretty good after the first little while. I'm just throwing that out there for you Leafs or Oilers or (laughs) other fans, Devils fans out there. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm going to have a piece later this week where I'm going to look at the, that contest that I ran, not, so much from the perspective of the contest, but it occurred to me that like, because of that contest, I actually have a survey from 2000 hockey fans on what they think is going to happen this year. And mm-hmm. there's some interesting stuff in there as far as what people, teams and players and coaches and that, that, that people believe in and that they don't maybe more specific. Sure. So I'm going to dig uh-huh. into that. Uh, and you can find me with uh, Ian Mendez on the athletic hockey show on Thursdays. Yeah. And it said, it, you found uh, that everybody's saying, uh, Austin Matthews traded by November 1st yeah, is what it's crazy. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think, but, um, yeah, for me, elite prospects, EP ringside.com. Uh, as I always say, use the code. I love EP and they'll tack three months onto the end of your, uh, 12 month subscription. You get to sign up for that 12 month or to get the three for free. Um, much like Sean, uh, early next week, I will be firing up uh, the power feelings once again this summer and your, or uh, this season. And of course, you're not allowed to get mad about what I say in there because those are just my feelings yep. and feelings can't be wrong. Um, I also uh, started my college hockey coverage for this season. I went to uh, see number one Denver at number, I don't know, 16, 17, something like that. Uh, UMass, uh, number one Denver got swept, got uh, badly outplayed as a matter of fact. I think it was seven to two on aggregate. Um, and so I wrote about how UMass is good, but also, uh, you know, they got some, they got some questions that need answering. Um, and then all the normal stuff, what we learned, three stars, uh, uh, take town, all that kind of stuff. You, you get all that normal as usual. And then, um, yeah, the puck 
or nope, that's not right. Patreon.com slash puck soup. Uh, for all the all the bonus content you could ever want, including a mailbag we're going to go record. Uh, me, Sean Gentili, and this guy, Craig Maduski, uh, did uh, Stick to Soup the other day, where we talked about everything that is not sports um, that we wanted to talk about. So yeah, uh, check all that out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Puck Soup. And uh, very affordable for a hell of a lot of content every mm-hmm. uh, every month. So uh, check that out, and uh, that's it. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. See you later. Bye bye. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got sportly commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hockey and nonsense. Box soup. Ciao.